Hi, it's Pete Norstead here and welcome to another Trade on Sports and Focused on Football betting Premier League betting podcast. And indeed, this is the first uh, podcast of the season and I'm talking to a slightly ill Jimmy Kempton. How are you doing, Jimmy? I'm COVID-ridden, Peter. <laughs> After two and a half years of dodging it like one of those ninjas, you know, left, right, left, right, dodging it. I finally come down with it at the end of last at the end of the weekend, and I feel terrible. But I'm here. I passed the fitness test. You can't catch it off me yes. down this phone line. So I'm raring to go, mate. It's going to be a great season. And the problem I've had, as I said to you in the uh, in the green room before, is I've uh, I've had a problem narrowing things down this weekend. I like a lot of games here. Yeah, I've, I've, I've not. I, I'm slightly different, actually. I think you know, but we, we, we you know, we'll, we'll see as we get through. But for those that aren't familiar with our podcast, um, what we do, uh, we, we basically we use the Asian handicap lines, and that's what we're, the selections we put forward. And indeed, in our free service, you'll find that Jimmy's selections there are well, there's mainly Asian handicap, isn't it? I would say, and and all of my. Uh, the, the the trade on sports ratings, all of those selections are Asian handicaps. I just want to know why the Asian handicaps, Jimmy? Why why would we back Asian handicaps? I like the Asian handicap because the, the main point of it, I know, is that to try and get things equal. So what it can do is in certain spots when you've got heavy favourites, it can suddenly make a game appealing, either betting on the favourite or against them if you have an angle and you don't experience long losing runs or you shouldn't do if you're using them correctly. And in certain situations, and I'm sure we'll come on to them as the season goes on, it can offer some really good risk-reward um, potential and minimise you, you know your losses almost. I love using the minus quarter of a goal line, Pete, where you really like a team to avoid defeat and you think they're going to win, but you just get that added protection if the game ends a draw. Which sort of lines do you like the most? Well, it, it's it's it really depends on, on on the situation, really. But yes, you, you're quite right. Minus a quarter. You know, you've got that. You've got that slight. You know, if the game's a draw, you're only losing half a point. Uh, and if you fancy a side, it, it's good. And also, the great thing about the Asian handicap as well, with it being essentially a fifty-fifty shot, your losing runs shouldn't get away with you, providing you're backing level stakes. And yeah, fully agreed. And I know you love a good underdog on the Asian line, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Taking on one of the few times you, you can take on the likes of Man City and Liverpool in this league is if you think that they're not going to sort of cover a big prohibitive line. And, yes. and they're the, probably the best ways, rather than, you know, having these, you know, bets on teams at 20 to 1 to win a game outright. Not really going to happen in the Premier League very often. But if you're taking teams fresh off the back of Europe commitments or an international break, you know, these one and three quarters, these two goal lines, they're difficult for the big teams to overcome. Yes, uh, and like, like I say, it just—it just essentially, if you if you have a if you've got a betting bank, you know, uh, maybe twenty points or or thirty, maybe fifty point betting bank, it keeps <laughs> you in the game during the bad runs because you you, you know you're literally betting on fifty fifty 
selections. So, you know, it keeps you in the game. We don't have any silly sort of staking systems. I have heard of these, you know, various staking systems that, you know, you double up if you have a loser, et cetera, et cetera. Don't do that. That's the quickest way to the poorhouse. Because if you don't think you're going to have five or six losers in a row, that's the when you do have five or six losers in a row. Oh, Pete, you've just given away my casino uh, roulette system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. And unfortunately, like I say, it's not easy. It's not easy. And, you know, however much research or whatever we can put into it, you know, again, we, 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 all we're trying to do is, is, is at the end of the season beat that book and hopefully by the end of this season we will do but incidentally uh jimmy's selection started well he's half a point up on the on the last week's asian handicap selection today's is going out uh well this weekend's is going out later today the trade on sports ratings they've made a good start to the season after four selections they're now plus 1.71 points so you know head over to trade on sports or focused on football and sign up for the free service there so yeah and i've got my new um I'm branching solo in league two as well pete doing a yeah doing a short podcast every week next one yeah. will be out later today probably only about 15 minutes where we're looking to cover off on about four games and put a selection forward that's all free so yeah yeah, and you can look at that focused on football.co.uk and uh, as well as the League Two selections, you can find the League Two podcast there. But I believe, is it is it it's on old platforms anyway, isn't it? Yeah, essentially. It's, 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 eventually it'll get onto iTunes whenever they stop fiddling and fanning around as they tend to Apple. It'll get there eventually. But yeah, it's on Spotify now and uh, yeah, all good places to find podcasts or whatever the phrase is. Yeah. Right, then we will start then the first weekend of the season and indeed a, a Friday evening game to start off with Crystal Palace against Arsenal. Recent head-to-heads, uh, you know, it's been quite a mix. Palace have won two, there's been two draws, Arsenal have won three. When plus half a goal handicap, uh, Palace's record is not bad, reads one, two, drawn two, lost one, so they've covered four of the five. Arsenal, when they're minus half a goal away from home, one, four, drawn two, lost four, so they're four and six away. When we look at the plus half a goal handicap over the past six or seven seasons, 104 matches, 54 home wins, 50 away wins. Palace undefeated in six at home, so they're, they're, they've been on a good run at the end of last season. Uh, and uh, five clean and clean sheet in the last five the value is with palace but i'm going to i'm going to swerve it but uh, you know arsenal made a well in friendlies they 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 look a good proposition but yes uh, the value is with the home side well this line opened minus a quarter peter and as you say the good form of arsenal in the pre-season friendlies has seen this line trend down to minus a half just looking at betfair now and uh, oh coincidentally pete you noticed how S markets or markets, however you want to call them, how the volumes in there have gone through the roof and, and seem to be dwarfing Betfair now. No, I, 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 I haven't noticed that. No, I, I haven't. Yeah, I'm just looking now and there's like 80 grand been traded on the Palace Arsenal match. Oh, that's uh, interesting. But 145,000 on S markets for the same game. So, anyway, so a minor aside. Um, and I think maybe a lot of this money that's come for Arsenal in the recent weeks is that pre-season form. The signing of Gabriel Jesus uh, scored a hat-trick, I believe, last week against Sevilla when they won 6-0. And just that 6-0 result on its own has seen this uh, price trend down from 2.08 to 1.89. I'm not convinced that Jesus is going to be 
as huge a success at Arsenal as many think. If you look more detailed at his conversion stats and things like that uh, in a Man City shirt, not as impressive as the goal numbers would make you think they are. What I'm going to say, though, is if you want to bet in this game now, I think if you want to sign with Arsenal, you take it now. I just think, come Friday night, we're two game, two games, two days away, so 50-odd hours away from kickoff. The name recognition is going to kick in on Arsenal. This is a standalone game. Arsenal have signed Jesus, scored a hat-trick last weekend. A lot of buzz around Arsenal for this season. You might get three quarters on Palace. So if you are going to bet this game and want to side with the home team, bearing in mind they handed it to Arsenal at the back end of last season, I would wait until just before kickoff because there's a chance you'll get plus three quarters on them. Uh, next up, newly promoted Fulham against uh, Liverpool. Uh, recent head-to-heads, Fulham have won naught has been one draw. Liverpool have won one. When Fulham have been plus one and a half goals, uh, uh, their record is one naught draw, <coughs> one lost two. One of the two matches will buy two or more goals. Liverpool, when they're minus one and a half goals, it's not a brilliant record away from home, really. One six drawn, two lost two. Four of the six were by two or more goals. When we look at the plus one and a half goal handicap, we've had 70 matches, 35 times the home side have covered it, 35 times the away, so no real trends there. Liverpool, they've won 60 in the last 18 Premier League matches. We all know about them. My rating's suggesting some value, Liverpool, and it wouldn't surprise me if they do cover this handicap. I can see them winning this game. I think last time Fulham were in the league, I ended up with egg on my face. I thought they'd finish in the top 10. I'm I'm not sure anything about that this time. No, I think we've we've seen with Fulham historically and likes of Norwich in the last year or two, these are almost teams stuck between the Premier League and the Championship. Now, under Klopp, Liverpool have gone 13-4-0 away to newly promoted sides. In the last four games on the road in this spot, they've scored two or more times. Over the last two stints in the Premier League, Fulham are 0-2-10 against top six finishing sides. I don't see Liverpool not winning this game, to be honest, Pete. So if you're looking to back Fulham and your best case scenario is that they lose by one goal, that's a very fine margin to be playing with. It's Liverpool or pass for me. I know it'll be a bit of a a banged-up atmosphere at Craven Cottage, but, you know... This is the sort of spot that Klopp loves. Yeah, Liverpool or pass, mate. Bournemouth Villa next. And this line has moved from uh, plus a quarter to plus a half. Recent head-to-heads, uh, Bournemouth are 1-1, Villa are 1-1. When Bournemouth plus a half a goal, they've won one, drawn <coughs> two, lost two. So they've covered three of the five. Villa, when they're minus half a goal, one one, drawn one, lost two. So they've only covered one. Uh, of the four over two and a half goals has been seen in five of Villa's last six away so you know they've ended the season with a lot of goals in their games uh, my ratings were suggesting some slight value Villa minus a quarter but now it's shifted and slight value Bournemouth wouldn't surprise me if Bournemouth managed to, to get something out of this game well the money's poured in Pete for Villa or or against Bournemouth however you want to look at it over the last sort of week or so and I, I don't really know why to be honest Newly promoted sides avoid defeating roughly 50% of games against middle third finishing sides and in 68% of games against bottom half sides. So, who are Villa? Are they going to be a team that you could categorise as a middle third finishing side, so between 7th and 14th? Or are they going to be a bottom half side? 
Now, I know they're probably not going to be right at the foot of the table, but, you know, I'm not that convinced that Villa are more of an eighth-placed finishing team than a 14th finishing side. So if you can work out who they are, then I think you've probably got a good angle into this game to get some value. Under Gerrard, they've won six, drawn one, lost six on their travels. So they're very sporadic in the performances. And I have to say, Pete, on opening day, plus half a goal on this line, I think I'll trust the home side a little bit more. Well, the slight caveat to that is that, you know, it's not a really sort of intimidating place to go to. It's not the first time Villa will have been there. And in some ways, the fact that Bournemouth have been in the league before will go against them because the fans won't be as amped up as maybe other teams like the likes of Forest when they come in at this level. So, yeah, a lean towards Bournemouth, but it's with no real conviction. Uh, Leeds Wolves next. Um, just a quick uh, one on Wolves' form uh, at the end of last season. They haven't won in seven matches, so they haven't been really setting the world alight at the end of last season. But obviously, new, new start now. Uh, recent head to head, so Leeds have won naught. There's been one draw. Wolves have won one. Uh, on minus a quarter goal, Leeds record reads one, two, draw, and one, lost four. So not a great record there, really. And Wolves, when they're plus a quarter, not a bad record. One, six, draw, and one, lost three. When we look at the minus quarter goal, um, handicap 516 matches, 216 times the home side of one. There's been 153 losses and 147 times the away side of uh, of one. So it's slight leaning there to the away side. My rate is suggesting some value walls and I'm a little bit perplexed at how this line is minus a quarter, if I'm honest. What, because you think it should be drawn no back? Yeah. Yeah, and, I'm, and that's the reason I'm taking Wolves here, Pete. Um, bottom half finishing sides. So, you know, we're talking between 11th and 20th. And you can be a good side finishing 11th in this league. They win just 28% of games at home to mid-third finishing teams. And I think that's what Wolves are. I think they're a very solid outfit under Bruno Large. Yet Leeds are favourites to win this game. I don't get it. Now, goals are the name of the game, scoring them and stopping them. Since they returned back to the Premier League, Leeds have kept just eight clean sheets at Ellen Road in their 38 home games. Now, if you contrast that to a Wolves team who last season kept seven clean sheets in their 19 away games, I think Wolves have set up well here to avoid defeat. Now, Leeds have lost their best player in the shape of Calvin Phillips going to Manchester City. So until we see how they react to losing him, and at times he felt almost like one and a half players in the way he got around the field, covered for other players' mistakes, I have to side with Wolves here. I'm also a little bit surprised, Pete, to see the goal line at two and a half. It's quite rare that you see a, a Wolves line higher than, you know, you know, at your standard yeah. two and a half goal line. It wouldn't surprise me, Pete, if Wolves nick this 1-0. So, yeah, I'm all over Wolves here, mate. Uh, Newcastle, Forest next, newly promoted Forest. Uh, Newcastle win minus uh, a quarter of goal. Uh, one, two, drawn one, lost one. None of the two victories were by two or more goals. They have won seven of their last eight home matches, though, Wolves. Uh, sorry, Newcastle. So, they're, they're, you know, they finished last season pretty good. Minus a quarter of goal, 175 matches. 60 times the home side have won by two or more. 43, uh, they've won by one. And 72 um, times the away side have 
have covered the handicap. No value in the line, I see. I, I would have to fancy the home side. I don't know why this is a favoured though, Peter. No, it's it's yeah three quarters. I know they have that great run at the back end of this season, but that almost resets things for me. You know, yes, they're on a great run at the back end of last season, but the players have had a couple of months off now. Can I have them as half goal favourites? Yes, of course I can because they're fine form at the back end of last season. Eddie Howe's got them galvanised, and. I like what they're doing in terms of the players that they're bringing in. They're bringing them in slowly. Even the talks of this deal with James Madison from Leicester. I think that's a really good signing for them. Is he the world's greatest player ever to to grace the turf? No, but he's an improvement on what they've got. And they're gradually building something at St. James's rather than throwing billions of pounds and sort of splitting the dressing room. I think Forest are going to struggle. I think they're going to struggle for scoring goals, but they are very well organised under Cooper. So, yeah, I, I would take them... I'd take Newcastle to win the game, but, you know, I just can't take them minus three quarters. It's too much on opening day to give up. Spurs-Southampton next. Uh, the line has moved from minus one and a quarter to minus one and a half. I've done these stats on minus one and a quarter. Uh, Spurs at home, Southampton, they've won five uh, and uh, Southampton have won two. Um, minus one and a quarter, Spurs record reads one seven, drawn three, lost Nork, and they've won four of the seven by two or more goals. Southampton went plus one and a quarter, one nought, drawn two, lost five, and three of the five will buy two or more goals. When we have a look at the minus one and a quarter line, 72 matches, 37 times the home side of one um, uh, covered the handicap, 14 half losses and 21 losses. Um, Southampton, they've conceded two in 12 of the last 14 away matches. So they do, they in recent times, Southampton have been conceding away. Uh, I didn't see any value in the line at minus one and a quarter. I suppose there's a smidgen of value now, Southampton plus one and a half goals. But I, I'm going to steer clear of this. I, I can't see Spurs not winning this game. Agreed, Peter. Um, but um, if you pointed a gun at me, which I hope you never do, by the way, I would be taking. Southampton here plus one and a half rather rather than Spurs minus one and a half. Now, under Hassan Hootel, the Saints are just three, five and 13 away to top six finishing sides with 10 of those losses coming by two or more goals. But we do know that under Ralph, they are very hit and miss. They're, they're as likely to win this game 1-0 as they are to lose it 6-0. That is the sort of indifferent performances that we have to put up with under Hassan Hootel at Southampton. And I do think the opening two months are going to be critical for for Ralph because if they start poorly, I think Southampton may make a change. And I, I'm a big fan of Hassan Hootel. I like the guy. I think he's done some really good work. And there were signs of progression, but they've stalled. And if Tottenham get amongst them early... As I say, you can quite easily see Tottenham running up a few goals here. Southampton won 3-2 last season on this ground. Over two and a half goals has landed in each of the last five meetings in North London. Goal line set at three. If there's an early goal in this one, Pete, even with the goal line set at three, I think we could see the over. Very interesting fixture next, Everton against Chelsea. There's, there's so many contradictions here for myself. Uh, I mean... Head-to-head, Everton, incredible. They've won five. There's been one draw. Chelsea have won one. Uh, one plus 
three quarters of a goal. Everton's record reads, it's a good record, really. One, four, drawn three, lost two. The two defeats were by two or more goals. Chelsea away at, uh, when they're minus three quarters. One, seven, drawn one, lost two. Five of the seven victories were by two or more goals. Plus three quarter handicaps, 137 matches, 63 home uh, wins, 34 half home wins, 40 losses. Um, over two and a half, uh, sorry, I've got that wrong. 63 times the home side have covered it. 34 half losses, 40 losses. Um, over two and a half goals has been seen in, in uh, Everton's last three Premier League matches. The only thing that's putting me off back in Everton is that there's I, I, my race is suggesting there's value with the away side. I wouldn't be back in the away side. I think the home side look reasonable here. I think you're a lunatic if you back Chelsea in this spot. Now, obviously Everton have lost... Uh, Richarlison, so they they're going to be slightly more lightweight in attacking areas than than they have been historically. Now, the problem for me here is that Everton may not score in this game, and we've seen over the years how Chelsea, in their various different machinations, have gone away and found ways to win games, but we know. Everton, it's, it's going to be pumped up the atmosphere. It's opening day. The crowd's going to be with them no matter what in this game. But if you can't sc- see the home team scoring, even on a plus three quarters of a goal line, how can you possibly look to take them? I think, Pete, if you do like Everton in this game, which I have to say I quite do at these prices, I'd probably be more inclined to take the under. Because if we get involved in a high-scoring game, then I think it's going to be Chelsea that are going to run out victors. I don't know why this line, bearing in mind, Chelsea have only picked one point out of 15 in the last five trips to Goodison Park. Mm. And it's a standalone game. They're, they're going to be in the bars and pubs around Goodison all afternoon. This atmosphere is going to be rocking. It's a massive test for Chelsea first up. And I, I wouldn't back them with your money, Peter. No, no, it's a yeah, strange one. Leicester-Brentford next. Uh, Leicester won this fixture last season. It's a minus half a goal handicap. When minus half a goal, Leicester's record reads 1-5, drawn two, lost three. So very 50-50 with Leicester, as, as you'd expect. Uh, and they are, they are a little bit inconsistent. Brentford went plus half a goal. They, they've done well. 1-3, drawn 2, lost 1. So they've covered 5 of the 6. Over 2.5 goals have been seen in Brentford's last 7 away goals. So they had goals in their away matches last year. Um, Maurice is suggesting some value Leicester. Uh, when we look at the minus half a goal handicap, 241 matches, 113 times the home side have covered it, 128 times the away side. I, I just think Leicester may want to get off to, or, or will be keen to get off to a, a good start here, you know, at the start of the new season. I do sort of fancy Leicester here. It, this is a strange one, Peter. I mean, Leicester have drawn just five of 38 in the last two seasons on home soil. So if you like either side in this game, you probably may even just be better off backing them outright than uh, taking them on the Asian handicap line. I mean, 14 home defeats over the last two seasons isn't really sort of much to write home about. And do not be fooled. There are massive changes in the offing and have happened at the King Power. Jamie Vardy at some point will need replacing. He's 35. He's 36 in January. He won't go on forever. Now, his wife's probably not helping him much at the moment with all the off-the-field stuff. 
he may at some point, we've not really seen signs of it, he may fall off a cliff at some point soon in terms of his performance levels. If he does, Leicester are in real trouble. Talking about James Madison going to Newcastle, it's probably a good deal for both clubs. And Kasper Michaels headed off to Nice. The Leicester that we knew that won the title and then bubbled along nicely over the last couple of years has really changed. And I have to say, Pete, I'm a little bit fearful for Leicester. I love Brendan Rodgers as a coach. I'm not 100% sure, though, that they're going in the right direction in terms of the players they're recruiting. And I have to say, on opening day, when strange things happen, the outright away win would not surprise me in this one. Next up, Man United, uh, Brighton. <laughs> you know, we, we've gone against Brighton all this time. Uh, and I mean, that we, we ended up really a little bit with egg on our faces last year. But let's have a look at this game. Uh, recent Eteds, United have won all five. Uh, when minus one goal, United's record is 1-4, drawn five, lost one. So not great. Two of the four victories were by two or more goals. When Brighton are plus one goal, one, two, drawn one, lost five. Two of the five defeats were by two or more goals. Minus one handicap, 95 times the home side have covered it. 65 pushes, 91 the away side have covered it. Man United unbeaten in the last nine home matches. And indeed, Brighton, they finished the season while they were undefeated in five. My race is suggesting some value, Brighton, but I just can't see Manchester United not winning this game. Currently available at 1.63 Manchester United, Peter. I'm contemplating backing that now because I guarantee you, well, can't guarantee anything, but I'm pretty sure it, they won't be 1.63 by Sunday. I think they'll probably be touching the 1.53, 1.54 mark. I think Man United are a good bet here, Pete. I like, I like them on the minus one, but I have to say, with them being quite high in terms of... 1.63, I'd almost rather back them out right here rather than potentially get a push if they win by just one goal. They've started the season really well pre-season-wise. They do look a bit of a different outfit already under Eric Ten Hag. And clearly, the players are, are buying in and working hard. They probably fear that they're going to have to because at some point, there's going to be a big shake-up at Old Trafford. I think trusting the minus one is probably a step too far this early, though, in the season. So I'm more than happy to suggest taking United outright in your survivor pools, in your last man standings. On the on the handicap line, just going to um, leave them alone. But what I would say is the fact that they got beat 4-0 by Brighton last game of last season will probably help United going into this game. Uh, West Ham, Man City next, finally. Um, uh, recently, I've had City have won North. There's been, th- sorry, West Ham won North. There's been three draws. City have won four. When West Ham have been plus one and a half goals, they've won one, drawn three, lost two. That's incredible. Well, no, plus one and a half goals. So won one, drawn three, lost two. Um, two of the, uh, both the defeats were by two or more goals, but still, good record when they've been plus one and a half goals, won one, drawn three. Man City went minus one and a half, won seven, drawn three, lost naught, four of the seven by two or more goals. When looking at the plus one and a half goal handicap, 70 matches, 35 home times, uh, the home team have covered the handicap, 35 times the away team have covered it. Uh, Man City undefeated in 18 away, as you'd expect, good. Marais suggesting some value, City, but uh, again, this is a game that I can't really touch. If anything, I would favour West Ham. 
Well, this is a repeat of that barnstorming game at the back end of last season where City came from two goals behind at half-time to draw two apiece. It effectively saved their title chase and City have scored more than once in the game in eight of the last ten meetings of the two sides. Line opened one and a quarter. It's trended to one and a half in City's favour. Perhaps it was the sight of Erling Haaland in the City shirt that's helped the money flow in. I do think, though, that these games, as we know, at the London Stadium provide a great platform for, for Moyes to to allow his team to do what he likes to do best. Get the ball in the box, be busy, be proactive. And if you like the Hammers to get some form of result here, then I think the yes on both teams to score is a good way of getting into the game. That can be backed at 19 to 20 with Sporting Index. I sense, I pretty much know City will score in this game and I will probably just back West Ham to cause enough problems to to have a chance or two or maybe even three and find a way to breach City's back line on opening day. So, yeah, I'll take a bit of the yes on both teams to score in this one, Pete. Right, let's have a look then. I, I, I'm going to be very, I'm going to be cautious here. I, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to have one selection and that is going to be Wolves plus a quarter away at Leeds. However, though, as you rightly say, I think Manchester United, you know, the straight win has to be thought about. I know the price isn't brilliant, 1.63, but still, you know, I just can't see them not winning that game. I agree. And I'm also going to take Wolves plus a quarter of a goal. Um, That's my favourite bet of the week. But as you've uh, piggybacked on the back of it, Peter, I'm also going to chuck in the yes on both teams to score at 19 to 20 in the West Ham Man City game. I think it'll be a game played in a pumped up atmosphere in the London Stadium. And I think uh, there'll be enough balls going in that uh, Man City box early on to ensure that uh, the Hammers get on the score sheet. So, can I just clarify you're having three or two selections? Sorry, two. So, Wolves, Wolves plus a quarter of a goal. And yes, on both teams to score yeah. in the West Ham. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm just having the Wolves uh, yeah. away. I, I like I said, I do think the Manchester United that one that you you, you did point out. I, th- I think that's that's pretty good as well. I have to <laughs> say, Pete, I could probably have six or seven this week, but with it being opening day, I'm just trying to be a little bit cautious in terms of assessing have I got my pre-season opinions right of these teams? And that's that's something that I do across all leagues. Like League Two last week, I could have had four or five bets, ended up just having one for subscribers, and it was a half winner. So I'm a little bit more cautious in the first month of the season. Yeah, I, I agree with you, though, there. I, I think it's uh, yeah, I think they're, they're pretty good bets there. Right, we shall be back around about this time next week. And uh, best of luck for the weekend, everybody. Best of luck, everybody.